welcome to Freedom Decoded. We're Demir and Carrie Bentley. We are productivity coaches who ditched the nine to five, started our own business, started traveling around the world. And what we love to do in this podcast is sort of let our hair down, show you a bit behind the scenes of our freedom lifestyle and just what we're thinking about that's inspiring to us um, at the current moment. So you can learn more about us at lifehackmethod.com. Uh, we have some free trainings and today we're going to be talking about our life plans post pandemic i love it i love it um and so like peeking behind the curtain um i think as we've become more comfortable with the podcast format um we are more willing to do something without like notes so some of the podcasts that we've done so far we sort of come in with a pretty structured idea of what we're gonna talk about but this truly is the first time that we have no notes. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> We're just going to wing it. We'll yeah. discover what Demir's life plans are post-pandemic. I don't, I, I have not asked Carrie what she's going to say here. Um, so you may find actually in this podcast that we have some real differences, which could make for some tasty drama. Um, so why don't we just like start out before we even get into what happens? Like, how did the pandemic affect you, Carrie? I mean, to be honest, I feel like everyone's talking about that right now. So like, I think it affects everybody in almost the same way, right? Like super depressing, really annoying, horrible, all that sort of stuff. Um, so for me, yeah, I'm definitely excited to sort of like get past it. I think for a long time we were living in a place of fear, just like fear ruled, you know, every interaction. Am I going to catch the virus? Should I go hang out with that friend? Should I go for a walk with my dog? Like it was just, it was crazy. And now that we have both gotten our vaccine, that fear is starting to dissipate. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, if I can drill a little bit deeper, I mean, let's be honest, like the, there was I, the infamous K-shaped recovery where some of the business, some people got really hit yeah. disproportionately hard. Um, and some people were on like just an arbitrary other side of the line and their businesses benefited. We just happened to benefit. So I, I, I don't think it's, we can't really talk about the pandemic if we don't acknowledge that we were online in the right space. You know, so many people were working from home right. um, and it really benefited our business but, in, in a certain way. Yeah. And we've talked about that on other podcast episodes as well. But I think um, what people don't realize is how difficult the restrictions were here in Colombia. Yes. Because I think a lot of people in the U.S. and developed countries were like, oh, the pandemic is so hard. But I was like, yeah, but here in Colombia, it's illegal to leave your house right now like yeah. i don't think that is understood by americans right now is that like other countries made it the law i i hate hearing from people in the united states like oh we're still in lockdown i'm like bitch you lockdown. never were once in lockdown yeah if you could leave your house and go to the grocery store you weren't you were. in lockdown if you could leave and walk your dog with your significant other you weren't you were in not locked and yeah. we literally could not leave the house together we were allowed to leave one member of the household once per week to grocery shop uh, one member of the household to walk the dog so that literally meant we could never take Gigi out for yeah. a good like nine months I don't I forget how long it, was. it felt really for, long for nine months if you were under the age of two like the child could literally not be out and yeah. it was illegal to be out with your child I mean unless you were going to the doctor you had to right have you a had note. to have a note from the doctor saying yeah. I have an appointment so so I I, I hear you saying like the degree of annoyance was so much higher and it's hard for people in the United States to sort of comprehend. And by the way, right now, and people in the US are like, we're done. And here in Colombia, they're not done. They're not yeah. getting vaccine and like- Well, they are, but it's just very slow. Just slow. Yeah, super, super slow. So I'm hearing that you were really just annoyed by it. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward. I'm, I had that fear like I had talked about, but now I'm just looking forward to get past it. Yeah. Yeah. And it does feel and I feel bad even saying this. If Like I'm ready to get over it because I've been vaccinated. But right. we live in a country where people are still in that place of like exactly. fear and not going out. And, and people are still like wearing masks everywhere. There's, yeah. you know, it's still mask mandates and all that. So by the way, isn't it weird that you and I are vaccinated? There's absolutely no reason that we should wear a mask. And yet. You know, I do feel like socially compelled because I can't explain to the person walking. Like if there's an old person walking the other direction, I know you wear a mask. I can't there's explain to them light, like, you know? oh, I'm vaccinated. No, it's and just then like, like, then are they going to believe you? Like I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I'd be like, yeah, sure you are. Sure. Like that's easy to say. <laughs> but like, especially here, because only people 60 years and up are being vaccinated right now. And we're much younger. Yeah. And they don't know that we're from the U.S. and we were able to go back to the U.S. to get yeah. vaccinated. So like there's a lot of like we're a very unique case here. Yeah, there's yeah, not a absolutely. lot of other people our age who are vaccinated. I mean, I'll say that and, and not to belabor this, but I'll just say that like for me, obviously, the pandemic hit me like really hard emotionally. So there was no real reason for me to be upset in terms of like, you know, the business continued to do good. And, you know, it was actually a, a strangely a good time because we just had a fresh little baby. And so like it sort of locked us in. And so we got to spend a lot of time with Gigi. And um, even even like for at the very beginning, uh, we, we massively cut hours for our nannies and had to step up and do a lot more ourselves. And that was actually a good thing because we got to spend more time with the baby. I mean, so, you know, in, in a real way, I have nothing to complain about. But but I'd be lying if I didn't say it took like a really heavy emotional toll. Um, remember, we went out to dinner for the very first time the other night with some friends and not even like our best friends in the world, just some friends. And I hugged my we were both vaccinated and I hugged this guy who's like an acquaintance way too long. Like way, I was like, really long. I was like holding on to him and he's like, hey, are you OK? And I'm like, this, this is, is the, the first, first hug. time. <laughs> this is the first hug I've had in like a year and a half. Well, like, from a stranger or not from like, a stranger, from but like from a, yeah. yeah. No, Carrie won't hug me. Carrie <laughs> won't hug me for you. Obviously, I hug you. No, I get I think the hugging is unique. It's like the thinking about or being able to hug people is is pretty cool. That's the first plan I have post pandemic is to hug people. There we go. Oh, you you are sneaky. You got that one in, didn't you? No, that's great actually. Like hug. Man, I really um people are saying, "Oh, like the kisses, like the the cheek kisses and the hugging is going to go away." And I'm like, "Really? Maybe it'll like once this is done, I feel like people will want to hug more than ever." Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah. I mean, I was always like a little bit like weirded out by the whole kissing thing because that just seems unhygienic. Yeah, yeah. But whatever. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm no. not like I'm I'm more of hugging than kissing. Yeah, too. yeah I'm neutral yeah. on that. Kissing. I'm, I'm neutral on the kissing. Um cool. So that's how uh I guess that that's how it affected us. But I, I guess like what are I again I've I have not asked Carrie this at all. So I have no idea what she's gonna say. So what what do you want to do post pandemic? And 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 I guess maybe a more interesting version of that question is like how has the pandemic made you think differently about the future? So if you thought about like what you wanted maybe two years ago, what your future looked like, does it look any different now post pandemic? I don't think so. I think uh, in the short term for me, I'm looking at traveling more with Gigi yeah. because originally when we had her, our plan was to start traveling right away, mm -hmm. not traveling full time, but going on trips, making her accustomed to travel, yeah. to airplanes, cars, trains, buses, all of that stuff. And basically now what we have is a child who has never traveled before. Yeah. Um, so we've just recently started taking her on short plane flights and then a longer one. We took her to Miami when we had to get vaccinated. 
uh, and then we're taking a longer trip to California. Um, so I'm just excited about that, like getting her used to travel. Um, she's getting older too, so it's easier to travel with her. Yeah. That's cool. And then, yeah, I think just, um, yeah, getting back to, getting back to traveling Yeah. and maybe living a couple months of the year in other spots. Yes. I mean, so let's stay on travel for a second. I mean, I think this is probably like what a lot of people, a lot of people are thinking of this and, and let's acknowledge that although you and I had a remote, like, uh, like a location independent job um, that we owned um, before the pandemic. What's different for a lot of people post pandemic is that now they can live and work wherever they want. Right. Yeah. And that's a huge freaking difference. Right. Um, and I just want to say like, this isn't a change for me and you, but if you're listening and you're in the life hack, like community writ large, like, get the hell out of Dodge, you know, yeah. like, you know, it, there's not a lot of good things that came from, the pandemic, but right. one really good thing is that you can like take the whole operation down to Mexico or over to Europe and like get an Airbnb and like live and work from Europe for a while. Um, and I know f this is something that we experienced. It's as good as you think it is. Like yeah. it is actually really damn good. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to get back. So l just to sit in this for a second, like what's that number? I think I know what you're going to say. What's the number one place that you'd like to go travel? Paris. Paris. She's got a book right now. She's reading about Paris. I'm reading a book about Paris. That's how obsessed I am. I mean, I think I need to get it out of my system and just like actually live there for a couple months yeah. and just be like, okay, now I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because Carrie loves Paris for exact same reason I've heard people complain about Paris. People say right, yeah. people are so unfriendly in Paris. And when yeah, Carrie's in Paris, so, she's like, oh my God. So unfriendly. It's amazing. She's like, they can just be as rude as they want to be. There's no need to like put on a face There's or like. There's no facetiousness. Facetiousness. Yeah. Like for example, here in Colombia, people are like fake nice. You know, like but they. In what, culture they where you're expected be, to be nice, you have to fake it, right? Well, I'm not saying they're never they're always nice and they sometimes do mean it. But yes. even if they don't mean it, they're still nice. And so then you wonder like, well, what is this person saying about me behind my back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I don't like that. Like, I'd rather Paris, people just be more upfront. they will say to you on the street. <laughs> yeah, and they don't mean anything by it. It's just like, that's the culture. It's a cultural difference. Yeah, yeah, I love it. By the way, I'm totally in on Paris. Um, I mean, for me, I just, uh, of late, uh, Italy keeps coming back to mind. I lived in Italy um, for years when I was younger and speak a little Italian, you know, I couldn't speak it right now, but like put me there for like two or three weeks and it would come back. Um, and I just, I guess one of the things about Italy, it's not just the sites, although it is really food and yeah. culture. I think coming out of the pandemic, one of the things I'm thirsting for more than ever is community. And I, I think the last time I really felt connected to the people around me was when I lived in Italy. Okay. Yeah, like, I can I, see that. I, I felt like in Italy, you could walk into a deli and they they thirst for conversation. Yeah. They're happy to talk. And like, there's just something really nice about being able to connect with other human beings. And they're so funny. You know, Italians are just so funny. Even young Italians can tell the funniest stories. So I guess I just, I just have a hankering, like a deep-seated hankering for going back to Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else on your list or... Gosh, I mean, yeah, I, I think that just trying to, um, it's almost like the pandemic created a new normal, but now we're like shifting again and it's not really back to the old normal. It's yeah. like a new, new normal. Um, so I'm sort of interested to see how that all plays out on the world stage. 
um, in regards to things like traveling and, yeah. and running your business and all that, because for example, right now you got to fill out tons of forms whenever you travel, you got to get the COVID test. You got to like, there's just a lot more complexity there. Yeah. And then you can sense the anxiety in the airport. Like it's palpable. I thought it would, the airports would be like empty, but they're like full, they're man. Full. They're like filled like, to the brim. And I guess that's just because airlines have reduced the number of trips. But, but would there be as many people? I don't know. It I just feels like the last time. It we've feels gone, surprising. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, so I'll say I'll add one more thing on travel, which is um, I didn't realize, uh, you know, there's actually quite a bit of Caribbean that belongs to Colombia. And I'm really sort of stoked about going to some of these islands. Um, Of course, I'm going to have to put in like the show notes or something. But there's like a set of like really shallow island chains in Colombia where like they're so shallow that like. There's actually just hotels that look like they're basically in the middle of the water, right? Um, and I, I've been sort of like stoked about exploring a little Eyeing bit those. more of Colombia. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot to Colombia. Yeah, it's it's a cool. There is. It's a cool place. Yeah, I'm definitely. I think another thing I'm really excited about post pandemic is to get back in touch with our power couple friends. Yes, I'm glad yeah. you brought this up. That was exactly where it's going to go. Like, I mean, again, I just said it, but I'll say it again. Like. The thing I'm thirsting for the most is community. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Demir a couple of years ago formed what we call our power couples mastermind, which is essentially just a collection of like super cool, high powered couples that we met while we were digital nomads. Um, we brought them all together and we've done three um, international group trips. At least four, right? So there was Croatia, then there was Costa Rica, then there was Greece. Greece. Okay, so yeah. three, got mm-hmm. it. Thanks, pandemic. Thank you, pandemic. That we had another, we had a really- Oh, we had planned Portugal. We had planned Portugal, but we couldn't execute it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. We're due to see a couple of those power couples um, this year. So I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah, it's been way too long since we've seen them. Um, and and also expanding that group, you know, getting more people involved. I do think that this isn't just something that we're experiencing. I think a lot of people are feeling- coming out of the pandemic like the as they see this sort of light at the end of the tunnel with the pandemic they're valuing community more than they ever did before valuing friendship more than they did before and i i do think we have such a luxurious life right i mean you know one of our taglines is live happier than a billionaire right um which by the way i have to give reference was i think somebody wrote a book that said happier than a billionaire so i have to I have to reference that but i stole it and i was like dude that is perfect i want yeah. i don't want to be a billionaire i want to be happier than a billionaire um but i think out of like all of the luxuriousness of our life i still feel that the the one thing that we lack is just like as much great connection and friendship as i think we could have you know like yeah. that that's not by the way if anybody's listening who's a friend of mine please don't think yeah, I just want more time with my friends. I want right. more exposure to my friends. Um, and and going along with that, I think another thing we talked about recently that I think is really exciting, and it's not necessarily like just because of the pandemic. We sort of always had planned it. Um, but what's weird about when you grow a business is you can get more like roped into the business. And so I think we've established that next year we're actually going to take a couple full months off and yeah. we're going to call it a mini retirement. Yes. In terms of making sure that we're setting up our growth in a way that we can still step away, which I think not a lot of people have. But also like, I, I think, you know, 
when we got to a point, and if you don't know about our financial situation, we did a whole podcast about like our journey to financial freedom. But um, when we got within striking distance of the number that we had set, that was like, this is our, we could conceivably retire if we hit this number. We haven't gotten there yet, but we are within striking distance. And the thing that was interesting is I realized that I was less interested in quitting what I do than ever. Exactly. But when Carrie came up and she was like, yeah, but if we're not going to retire, then let's start taking some of that retirement now. And this is a classic Tim Ferriss four hour work week concept. So I don't know why it feels so fresh to me, but it feels like that concept, although I read it years ago and has been bouncing around my mind, it feels like now it feels like there's a new dimension to it. Right. It feels more immediate. It feels more real. Like I want to take many retirements starting next year, but I don't want to, but then not retire. You know, I'd like to work till I'm right, 90, exactly. but take little mini retirements. And I think it's great having Gigi because she sort of forces us away from the business too. Yes. Because I remember we, we used to travel a lot, but because we traveled so much, we had to still do work while we traveled, yeah. which in some cases became like the whole trip. Yes. So I remember like the last time we were in Paris, for example, well, there was a series of unfortunate events where Demir's laptop got stolen. And so we spent most of the trip in a Parisian police station yeah. <laughs> trying to recover it, which we never did. Um, but the rest of the trip was also, I remember just working, yeah. you know, like mo- more or less. Yeah. So like, I'm looking forward to having more trips where we're like vacation. Yeah. Like really off, like yeah. stepped away from the business. Like not 100%. doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Italy just keeps coming back to mind. <laughs> here's, my, here's my gripe with Italy. And okay. we lived there for a month. So yeah. you can't say we haven't lived there. Oh, you, we did, did. you, you did it. You did it. I, and I do love Italy. But the problem is I get tired of the food. Yeah. They don't. I mean, unless you live in like Rome or like a big city, they don't have a lot of international food options. And, you know, well, and- as an American, I'm used to eating like my Asian food and all my food. Well, and this is the problem that people people who only go to Italy for like a week or two weeks are like, what do you mean the food? The food is the draw. The food is amazing. But when you cross over two weeks and you start staying there a month, two months, I can promise you after like a month, you're like, I get me on a plane. I need some Thai food or like just anything, anything besides pasta and pizza. Exactly. Because that's literally all we had to eat for like a month. Now, I, you know, just to play devil's advocate, you know, it's also possible that, you know, the cuisine is starting to diversify a little bit because how long has it been since we've been there? Like four years? I don't know. Four years? Maybe. Yeah. But we were in a tiny town, so I'm not thinking that's going to change very fast in a tiny town, you yeah. know, because it's all about demand. If they don't have demand for it, they're not going to op- open up new restaurants and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I, I guess there's only one way to find out. You know what? Who? You know that what does have Asian food? is Paris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so it's just only think $200 about that. a plate for every single night. Na- yeah. Whatever. They have like little <laughs> Tokyo. They've got the, they have the Asian cuisine that we need. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So what else, what else looks different? I mean, um, obviously we're weirdly, our parenting journey has been very typical. Like, like we, we literally had a baby and then the pandemic hit like two or three months later. Yeah. Um, so a lot of our parenting journey has been inside of the pandemic, which means that we haven't been able to go a lot of places with Gigi. We haven't been able to socialize with her like we would have wanted to. Yeah, totally. So I, I think another thing from a parent, just, just speaking from that parent perspective, I'd really love to, you know, almost break some of the, the sort of habits and routines that we have that have been built up around the pandemic where we basically just hang out inside all the time and try to get out, get her, you know, exposed to other kids and other situations and other people. I just yeah, feel like 
sort of like make up for lost time. Yeah. I mean, thank God she's she's highly social, right? It's but that's a miracle because she really hasn't been able to socialize. But I see it too, even when I take her over to our COVID pod group uh, around those families, which we don't do like all that often. It's very irregular. Um, she's very, she gets much more shy than she is at home. Yeah. And so I can already see that she's like, this is like, oh, this is really new and strange and different yes. and uncomfortable. And yeah, it would be great to get her to the point where she's like, yeah, like we go on adventures all the time. What would she do at Disneyland with like a ton of kids around or like in daycare? Like if she starts doing like a nursery type of thing, right? Like, I just don't need that. So I, I guess another thing I want to change post pandemic is like hasten to get her some social exposure. Yeah. And me too, but her too, and me too. <laughs> but me, along with her. <laughs> but, me, but it's about her, her, right? <laughs> what else? Gosh, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about those things. What about the business? What, what's the business look like? Um, I don't know that it looks any different because we had an online business and we'll still have an online business, but just like much the same. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe instead of post pandemic, like you well, know, everything one. evolves. Here's one thing. I think. Before the pandemic, we had always sort of toyed with this idea of doing more in-person events. And it's like, I know that's something you were excited about, like actually hosting live events. And then I always felt like, like I sort of waffled back and forth. I was like, oh, should we be like trying to get on stage? Should we be like going to these things? And everyone's always like in-person events. I get it. Like it's a lot easier to network, but they just suck for our lifestyle yeah. so much. And so I think I'm ready to just like be like, no, like we don't. We just don't do that. Just don't. <laughs> and it, it's really actually helps us during the pandemic because a lot of these in-person events went online yes. and they grew a ton because obviously like you can have a lot more people attend yeah. if you don't have the the space limitations. Um, so it's a lot more affordable. A lot more people can come. Like you're seeing that even with like the Tony Robbins, you know, UPW, it's all online now, which is amazing. Yep. So I think that um, we'll be able to actually get those networking benefits, but maybe from the comfort of our own home now. That's true. Yeah, yeah no, I, I love that. I love it. I actually thought you were going to lead up to saying that you wanted to do live events. I was like, oh my God, we're going to break some like crazy news here on this podcast. No. <laughs> For the record, no. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm, in a, I'm com in complete agreement. I would say that one of the things that has, um, you know, evolved for me, you know, inside of the business is just, I th I'm, I'm excited and I don't think this has to do anything with the pandemic, but I'm just excited that we figured out how to add some more value yes. into our tribe. So we used to do and, and this, you know, not to get too much into the business side, but one of our philosophies has always been just don't worry about scaling it or automating it or like how you're going to do it at a bigger scale. Just like do the best that you can and provide the best service and just trust that in this in this amazing day and age of like you know, of systems and, and technology, you will figure out how to scale it. Yeah, and so totally. one of the things that we did was we, when we first started Tribe, we were doing four live calls per month. And, and you know, for people who don't know, like most memberships, like you'd be lucky to get a live call maybe once per month with the person right. who runs it. And we were doing four live calls per month and people were like, that was crazy. Well, now we expanded to seven live calls. Yeah, six or seven. A lot of live calls, just, basically. Just a like so many that we're calls. losing track. Yeah. 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 So, um, and, the, and, and in different time zones. And that to me has been really validating and really exciting because it, yes. it feels like when other people are trying, and this sounds like a flex, it's not. It feels like when other people are trying to, like, how can I remove services, but charge more? In order to step away from the business. Yeah. Like people yeah. are looking for that. Like, I want to, 
I want to have a community, but then I don't want the responsibility to show up right. in front of the community and serve them. Right. And it feels like we're going the opposite direction, like always trying to figure out like, how do we get more FaceTime right. with our community at like offer them more value. So that's been something I wouldn't say that it was pre and post pandemic per se, but it's definitely something that ha- that we've been able to figure out recently that I think is going to make a big difference going forward for us. Totally, I totally agree with that. I'm really excited about that too. And I think we've done it in a way that, um, like you said, like we even have a coach coming in from Australia to lead an Australian based call. So it's like, that's really cool because we're able to serve our existing clients, um, in a better way. Oh my God. And of course, like our kitchen is going to be done for those of you who are listening to this. If you're wondering why the audio quality is a little bit, uh, compromises because we have our noise cancellation app On. running right now, because there's literally construction drills hammers drills hammers just saws, actually the chainsaws outside i mean just like yeah just the whole works um so uh you know our our kitchen will be done we'll actually have a kitchen we've been living without a kitchen i think that has been harder months. than the pandemic thing yeah actually like can you imagine not having a kitchen like we have use of a microwave that's it there's no sink now we have a hot plate we have a dinky little hot plate. <laughs> Why are you complaining, Carrie? We have a hot plate. It was supposed to be a one-month renovation. Of course, yeah, it's now taking it's longer. Past month three. But anyway, the end is in sight. The end so. is yeah. The end is literally in sight. We're gonna have running water today. Um, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I'll just I'll bring this up that I was reading an article in bed. Carrie and I were in bed, and she's reading a book, and I'm reading an article, and and I turned to her and I was like, you know, this article was about the. I think it was like the top 10 reasons that people get divorced or like that cause a divorce. And I was like, we're doing like seven out of these 10. Like, so it was like seven. No, no, no. It was like, here, just kind of, it was like running a business together, like starting a business together. Okay. That that could result in divorce. Um, Buying a house. Right. Which, right. We were in the process of buying a second apartment at that point. Yeah. So, and that was filled with drama. First child. So it, having your first child, right? Um, it, construction. Yeah, it was uh, it was everything around like, uh, yeah, doing renovation or construction on your house. And I forget there was like a couple more that I was like, oh, my God, like we oh, and then the pandemic, of course, okay. so many couples have divorced in the pandemic. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, some so, so many so many great couples that that we know that we were like, oh, they're they're solid, they're solid, like, you know, six months in the pandemic, we're like getting divorced. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, so I turned to Carrie and I'm like, whoa, like, are you, are you planning on divorcing? <laughs> like, we are literally, Check in. we are riding the edge here. So I'm, I'm actually really glad, not just that the pandemic has come to a close, but I'm glad that a lot of these, I guess, risk factors to our relationship are starting to clear out. Like, the, you know, the closing's going through, we've got the, the kitchen, we're not going to be doing renovations on the house. Like, and so, you know, we'll only have the normal stress and strain on our relationship of being a parent and and being parents together and, and having the business and not like all this additional stress and strain that we put on it. Yeah. Cool. Well, awesome. I'm glad that I glad that we got to know each other here. <laughs> uh, do you want me to wrap it up? Awesome. Hey, thanks gang for hanging out. Uh, now it's your turn. Uh, what's your life look like post pandemic? Go ahead and drop it in the comments below. Let us know what your plans are post pandemic. Let us know how the pandemic affected you. We're, we'll, we're going to try to just comment back on every single person who drops a comment. Now, if you want to learn more about who we are and what we do, then go check us out at lifehackmethod.com. We've got a ton of free information there too. So avail yourself of all of the free trainings that we have there. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye guys.